Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> As a high school student. Plus legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. Top. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat okay. the eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips, which was a lot. Then you'd roll the oh, barrel up, so to, up the hill. And then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down. And we've also had an amazing guests like Mike the Miz, Jason Isbell, Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney, and many more. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. The following episode was recorded before the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes of 2023. You know... Theater is something that has really been important to me in my life. I moved to New York and was really, really tapped into the New York theater scene, off-Broadway, still go to theater all the time, see as many shows as I can. And today's guest is something that I have never been, which is a major, major Broadway star. So whether you've sung the song Defying Gravity or Let It Go on repeat, there's no doubt that you have heard her name, Adina Menzel. This is going to be a good one. I'm glad you're here. I want to introduce Adina Menzel, who is an incredible performer, a giant of... Broadway of all entertainment. Thank you so much for um, for coming out and hanging out with me today. Thank you for that incredible introduction. I'm so I'm one of your I've been a fan of yours since forever. So just to hear you say all that and then be included in this is is um, is is such a gift. Thank you. Hey, listen, we don't. No, I got I have I'm embarrassed to, to say this. Um, we were mm-hmm. chatting before we rolled, but you know, I am. Uh, I'm getting to the age where 
I start to forget um, who I've worked with and who I haven't worked with. And so <laughs> I, I have I, not worked with you. We have not worked together. Yes. But I want I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've dis, I've figured out a way that I can avoid um, getting into a situation with someone that I'm meeting for the first time and saying, nice to meet you. And then they turn around and say, you know, we did a love scene yeah. 10 years ago. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a thing called a call sheet for people that don't know. And it's this piece of paper that you, um, that you can look at on your, on your way to the work. If, it, if it's a movie or a television show, and it tells you all the people that you're about to work with. And I go onto this website and I'm not going to mention the name of the website because they're not paying me anything, but there's this website where you can put people's names in and I can put my name in and then I can click on this little button that says connections. And it will actually tell me the connection to the person. In other words, it's almost playing the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game for you or for anybody else. So I clicked on it. And here are our connections. Maybe you know or maybe you don't know. Well, the first one that popped up was that you were in a movie called Just a Kiss. Mm -hmm. with, with your wife. With Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. That's that? So that is our connection and the other yeah. one i also have to mention which is a little bit more obscure but also super cool is that in 1977 i was in acting school with ah who winnie holtzman oh really that's a great one yeah winnie that's holtzman a great connection who you you can tell people what winnie holtzman did winnie holtzman she wrote the uh i was in his screenplay she is writing that too she wrote the book to wicked the musical and she's did uh, my so-called life and tons of things. Wicked but, uh, that, she that. gave the voice, the the speaking voice to uh, Alphaba and Glinda, and yeah, she's a friend and, and a great actress. And, she's actually and, in. She's in Jerry Maguire. She's one of those women that's sitting in the living room where oh, they're all doing right. that like men bashing thing, oh. and she's one of those women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, for those of you that don't know, uh, Dina was in uh, Wicked in, in, and Incredible. She was Wicked and Wicked and just, I mean, it was such a... And uh, you were nice. I don't know if you remember and it's totally okay. It's about, it's for me to remember because I was new and upcoming and anytime celebrities came backstage, that's a big deal for me and you probably did it like every day of your life, but you and Kira and all the kids came backstage after Wicked and said hi to me. Oh, I had a feeling we might have, but I didn't want to embarrass myself and say that I had done that when I hadn't. Oh, no, it's that's okay. awesome. And I want oh. you to know also that probably because I was meeting you, I still want to be respectful of your wife, but because you're cute and sexy, I probably wanted to get my green makeup off before I met you so I could meet you like as myself and not as a green witch, which which was probably was one of the the occupational hazards when I meet like the cute men, I'd have to like e either I'd have to run in the shower and try to get the green off quickly and then like look pretty, or I just meet you as the Wicked Witch and then you never knew who I was when I meet you in other places. Oh, that's so funny. Hollywood. So, so, so yeah. we waited like four hours to meet you then, probably. No, I didn't make you wait four hours. <laughs> oh. <but> I <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so did you always yeah. take did you always take everything off? I mean, like if for the president came or something, you wouldn't. Yeah, have no, well, no, because I didn't want to keep people waiting. So maybe you right. weren't as important because it was. It was oh, like there about, you go. Okay, you know so I, mean? I didn't make the I didn't make the uh, meet meter and the makeup <laughs> list. <laughs> no, it's all about vanity and looks and putting on a good you know face for you. Um, well, how do you no, feel know, about dependent. that backstage thing? Like I'm kind of conflicted about it sometimes because I kind of feel like. 
I don't know. You know, when we go to the theater, on one hand, if I if I really appreciate some someone's performance, you know, I I I want to go back and tell them. On the other hand, I feel like sometimes it can, like the backstage hang can become a performance of its own, and it and it, it is it's it's uh-huh. like asking too much. Do you know? I mean, even like vocally, right? You know, yeah. uh, it's you know your 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 instrument is like so tired, and to keep and talking as we know is really much harder on your voice than singing is. So yes, like to have to chat it up with KB and KS and their annoying kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my pleasure. And it was probably it was one of the highlights, I will say. Um, but I hear you. It's it's all part of the job. Like I, I find. Yeah, it's hard because you don't want to talk too much and you're trying to do eight shows a week or when I'm on tour and a concert, you know, I try to do the meet and greets after, not before. But but then you also have to enjoy it. You know, I mean, it's Uh just it's so isolating, especially Broadway, when you have a big uh, taxing role and then you're just, you know, you're not socializing and you're going home or you're just seeing a movie or, you know, and so you got to take in those moments when people like you I've looked up to my whole life you know are coming backstage and I've seen my performance I I have to take those moments in and um I think I started to realize more I realized that more when I had Walker my son who's now 12 you know having a baby helped me just chill out a little bit more as far as Mm. the performance and the perfectionism part of things because it was like I'm not going to hit that note. I was, he had a he had a fever. I was up all night. I wasn't going to like not be with my son when he was sick. So I'm going to sound shitty. And that's it. And then I'd end up be, sounding actually really good because I was just more out of my head and just happy I showed up. And, you know, um, so the expectation changed of myself. And with that, be, mm, I became wow. more liberated, I found. So the more I try to just enjoy not think about oh oh my god you know i mean i'm smart and i don't drink and smoke and all that in the middle of a a run but um that's so interesting to have a life yeah well that's interesting because a lot of people i think have the misconception that when you have children um that now you have given up the fire in in your belly in some kind of Uh way and you can't and that you can't make these two things exist in in one uh, perfect sort of combination, and, or that you will lose somehow, um, the, you know, the edge. They 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 feel okay. the same way oftentimes about um, you know getting married or or you know other 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 sort of normal kind of things. And and to hear that you actually feel more relaxed as a performer once you once you have a child and and the, and the balance of your problems kind of shifts uh, and, and you start to appreciate that that's a that's really cool. But by the way, I don't know if there is a note that you can't hit. So um, oh, you can find them uh, and they're out there, and especially with social media, they're not fun. Um, but yeah, thank you for saying that, but they're definitely out there because the other thing is that I'm not from the auto tune generation. So, which I'm not <laughs> judging by the way, cause there's some right. great stuff you can do. And it, that actually is a, we can get into that after, but the point being is that because I'm from the theater too, and, um, I was a wedding singer when I was, when I was like teenager before I got, you know, my first professional job i just i'm all about you know being real and being live which means that um if you're on new year's eve in times square and it's zero degrees weather 
lip syncing might be a good thing for you, you know, because then you just sound great. You don't have to worry that your voice closes up when you yeah. hit the high note at the end of the song. But no, I had to just, you know, I knew that all the uh, all the fans in the theater would be um, wanting to know if I hit it, uh, if I sang it in the original key. So I kept it in the original key. I mean, there's so much ego involved. It's like sometimes my ego gets the best of me and I think I have to sing it in the original key and I want to do it for real and be the real deal. And then I end up, um, you know, screwing it up and then people say horrible things about me so um well, where's there of, a lot of people out there that use it as a tool so that they can keep going and people right, don't well, know. i think that you have a certain you know you've got a certain kind of um pressure on you because you have such an incredible instrument and such a range that you know and 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 so, and and the ability to um, sing with such force and such such you know volume and and passion that people tend to um, uh, uh, you know want something from you technically you know what I mean and and sure. and that you know that like I I mean I'm I'm someone that can really appreciate a voice like yours and admire it. And also appreciate Bob Dylan, you know. I mean, I exactly. I, there are times is... where I wish I was, I, I enjoy. I wish I and I. The people that I listen to are the people that have those textures to their voices that maybe aren't as acrobatic as me. That tell a story just with one note because of their lit the sound of living in their voice. And I actually try to counteract some of my technical aspects and my. Um, the technician in me um, and also have found that those times when I've been performing um, under the weather, really bad argument with someone in my life, you know, something, whatever, something going on um, that first of all, people don't realize half the time unless it's New Year's Eve and it's, <laughs> but um, they don't, they still feel, they still feel the emotion of the performance and um, they don't need all that stuff. And so that's um, something I've had to learn. Um, that, that's not, I'm not wrapped up. That's not my identity, you know, all wrapped up in these high notes, like you, you're saying that I, I right. get it, but I can still move people and just tell a story with my voice. I don't have to sing these crazy high, long notes. I don't have to impress exactly. with that all the time. Yeah. And let me just say that, you know, very impressive is your own uh, songwriting and your singing of your own stuff. Because Broadway is oh, one thanks. thing, you know, you're, you're delivering um, someone else's, uh, uh, your, your spin on someone else's material. But they're, but correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the notes are very specific. They're, 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 they're written and you're supposed to sing them the way that the composer okay. wrote them. There's no, there's no room really for improvisation uh -huh. in, 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 a, in a Broadway score. But I mean, I listened to, okay, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of uh, feeling bad about this because we were just talking about it, but uh, uh, Queen of Swords, which I, I think, did you write that one? I co-wrote it. I can't co believe it, yeah. you know it. Oh my God. I, lo I, lo I love that. I love that song. And there is <laughs> so a, flattered. wait, but what is that note? There is a crazy note in there. I mean, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to bring it back to that. But that that is, was me, yeah. Those those are moments where I'm like, I'm gonna try to emulate what Shaka Khan would do at the end of this. Or like, I usually give myself little oh, exercises in the studio, yeah, to like, 
people always go, how do you belt a DNA t-shirt? I'm like, oh, I just listen to Shaka Khan or Aretha. And then I try to imitate them and whatever comes out close to that is. Well, but, um, it, it's a really super yeah. cool song. I love that groove. Oh, thanks. It, it, it kind of reminds me a little of like um, Toto. I don't want to get too much in the weeds on yeah. the, um, on the, on, on your, your songs. But I mean, there are a couple more that I just want to mention that I also love, which is uh, I Do. Did you write that one too? Yeah, I can't believe you're picking up these cool songs that people do not know and that I'm very proud of. Well, if you don't um, know I, them, you should check them out. I mean, uh, <laughs> Dina's... Uh, you Dina's, know, the truth is, it's, you're picking the songs that have a kind of an edgier vibe, and that's, you know, like, if Adele Dazeem put out an album, she would put out some crazy um, evanescence, like, rock, mm-hmm. head-banging. I mean, there's a side of me that wants... Because I can't seem to... Um, shed the broadway uh just to digress for a moment you know no matter what music i put out it will always have like broadway people you, if you listen to these people then you would like this music and i'm like this is a like a, a funky ass rock tune and now you're right. putting you know um 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 carol channing as a listener <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the... let let me go, let me fly, you know. Yeah, so thank that's... you for picking those songs that have some edge to them. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers, probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you, to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer, because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together, we'll find it. It's going to be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it. And I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If I can just mention one more Please. song, and 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 that is uh, a perfect story. And the reason that I love this song, I think about this song. I mean, you know, if you go to, <laughs> I think it should be required listening. You know, when you go to a wedding, it's you know, celebrate good time or or mm-hmm. uh, uh, Havana Gila or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then there's that that's that Green Day song that they always play at graduations, um, and and this song should be required for children Divorce. of divorced parents. Eh. It is such a touching, moving, um, Thank you. story about uh, what uh, sort of how to how to handle that. I mean, I. Um, you know, my my wife is a child of divorced parents, and and uh, she thought the song was beautiful, and and uh, I, I'm not, but I, I just think it's I think it's just think it's a gem. Thank you. It's funny that um, whenever I go to the studio to work on new music, my son Walker always goes, "Could you write me like a happy song?" The only song <laughs> he wrote for me was "Sad Divorce Song." Could you write something about me being like a powerful boy and good at basketball. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll try to I'll try to fit that in. But yeah, it's um, uh, it was it gets better for anyone out there going through it. And and um, my ex husband Tay and I are good friends, and he's in that movie with Kira that we're talking about. And there's probably he's probably you guys have probably done something together. I don't know, but um, it's hard. It's just um, the the most important thing I really just stress to people because I watch friends doing it even now is just not speaking badly, disparagingly about each other to in front of the kids it's just whatever you do it's just and that's and that's no matter what differences we had um he's been really incredible about both of us about respecting each other in that way but just yeah just like kind of failing and not that i came from divorced parents so i had sworn i wasn't going to do that you know and um that idyllic perfect upbringing or whatever that means quote unquote and failing my son and not giving that to him of course now he's 12 and i realize what a cool kid he is and he's got this great dad and a great stepdad and they love each other and he's got like two rooms and lots of two things and um lots of love and he's gonna be a really cool person probably grown up because he's experienced this in his life so i wish i would have let myself off the hook back then but i just felt so like such a failure you know yeah, and you're also trying to. I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, I, I can't speak for a, a woman's experience, but uh, but I would think that also trying to have a career and be a mom at the same time is a. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen it, you know, secondhand, that okay. it is a very very uh, challenging life. Yeah, it is. And it's I, wanting things for yourself when you're supposed to be giving everything to your exactly. family. And, yeah, you know, it's so. Um, um, contradictory. They're just contradicting terms, and um, and doesn't need to be, but it just it's constant. It just feels it's constant guilt, and you know, being away, and how long, and is that okay, and um, or even just being in my home and not giving him all my time, and you know, mm-hmm. working, and um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. um, yeah. 
It's a Speaking lot, of yeah. parents, were your parents, how did they feel about you choosing this life? Uh, was there like a day when you told them or was it just, did it just I was always saying, how about you? I was always yeah. singing, you know, jumping up from behind the couch. And uh, my dad was a little bit more uh, hesitant, you know, make sure you're minor in business. My mom was always do what you love, um, got me the lessons. Told me. She didn't want me to work as a kid, kid. Like, how young were you when you started? Were you really young or just more um, in your teens? Well, I mean, professionally, I guess I kind of started when I got out of high school. Um, okay. But, so, yeah, she but didn't I, want me doing it before then. Uh-huh. So, um, which I'm glad. I'm glad about that because... Uh, you know, I went to summer camp and had a pretty normal life and was in the school plays. And, um, where'd you grow comes, up? Uh, in Long Island. Long Island, okay. Sayas at Long Island, yeah. And then I went to NYU. And that was even hard to be, and I went there to Tisch and everything for theater, but it's even hard to be, I know everyone loves that school, but it's hard to be in Manhattan studying. You feel like everyone's doing something and you got, it's like, I'm ready uh, to be, I was ready to be out instead sure. of just, being somewhere on a campus somewhere and just enjoying learning and studying and being in the school plays, you know, it's oh, that ticking yeah. clock already. And I, I, so I always tell people go somewhere more. Um, yeah. There's a lot of distractions in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have, you've got, you know, broad Broadway there just screaming at you, you know, yeah, you should uh, be doing but, something. You should be going in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, on the other hand, I, I would think that that became, you know, a kind of a driving force for you, you know, at, at a pretty young age, right? And the diversity and, mm-hmm. and outside of school, like just um, being surrounded by so many people with different passions and um, uh, that, I mean, I think being in Manhattan is the education itself at that age, you know, coming out of uh, a very homogenized uh-huh. uh, white neighborhood in Long Island and being able to see the rest of the world there. Um, so that was the, the education really. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. That's a great education. Uh, you know, but, you know, I, I like to, I like to say that we, one of the things that is important to, in terms of like, um, uh, living your life and trying to expose yourself to a lot of different kinds of people is that that's what you're going to have. Those are the people you're going to have to play, you know? You, you, you're 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 probably not going to be asked to play uh a, you know a broadway singer too often you know right. so you have to you have to go and and uh m- make yourself av- available and keep your heart open and 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 that's one of the great things that i i found about yeah i moved to new york when i was 17 and and it that whole giant i mean i even though i grew up in the in in philly in the city but that whole world uh was so influential on me in terms of the people that i was gonna have to play and mm-hmm. continues well, to but be you've frankly. played such a variety and so then it makes you probably the empathic person that you are because you've you've played people from all sides of politics and spectrum of you know um people's morality and I mean everything so you really you're forced to really look at life from so many different let through so many different lenses it makes you that's why um like what you're saying in your introduction with these six degrees and everybody's sort of seeing something in one another it's probably why you're the perfect one to to do this because as an actor I mean we as actors we we can get typecast but you don't you play everybody 
And so you've had to like really do I your try. research and <laughs> I try. I try. I just keep throwing that shit against the wall to see what sticks. Um, so <laughs> when you talk about, I mean, I, I'm so many people have me mentioned this to you before, but you happen, you don't happen. You've been in these incredibly iconic sort of uh, uh, projects and roles like Wicked and Rent, uh, which, which by the way, we also loved that we probably didn't come backstage or did we? But <laughs> you might have, but I don't know. <laughs> and and uh, I would have remembered if he did. Uh, I mean, um, I think I, I think I probably went to saw Red probably four times, but uh, uh, Frozen, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but, I mean, wow, what a what you know, talk about uh, a, a, a iconic piece of pop culture, uh, Glee, all these things. I don't think it's obviously there's no coincidence that you keep ending up in these things. You are obviously a big part of uh, what makes those things explode in the way that they do. Um, do you ever like has your career journey or where you've ended up? Does it ever take you by surprise? Do you ever stop and go, I'm, I'm surprised like something like something really surprises you? Yeah, all the time. Well, first of all, let me bring it down here. Yes, I'm very proud of those um, zeitgeist moments that I'm a part of, but they are like once each decade. So in between them, there's a lot of, uh, am I going to work again? Huh. <laughs> Obscurity moments, getting dropped from record deals, um, you know, different things that um, maybe are the things that give us the enduring, you know, the endurance that we need to to stay afloat and keep wanting to be in this business, maybe, um, so that it's not all like it didn't. It happens to me and then it goes away. So then I have to appre I appreciate what where I've been and and that I had to work myself back up to get there. And so yeah, I but but yes, I I'm starting to say to myself now, oh, there's a nice there's a nice pattern there of these these beautiful roles that are all sort of all connect with like a young audience no matter how much older i keep getting um it's about really helping people um embody and 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 be uh their their strength and um the, you know celebrating the 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 unsung hero the 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 um maybe the marginalized person or whatever what is that about what is it about for me that and so chicken or the egg of course I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm just, I'm happy because I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I have, I'm just very thankful. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, don't... maybe I have a way of record. I have a way my voice has something in it. You know, I don't know. I just, um, I know that when the understudy comes on, nobody, they all still come in and watch the show. They don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, they don't all return their tickets, so it's obviously this. I always see this as my way of putting myself down, and like Kevin Bacon's giving me a compliment. Just take it, is you know, just shut up. Um, yes, I'm amazing. Uh, well, no, I, I don't you, know I why. I think it's because you you have the ability to find the humanity in a witch. You know, I mean, like <laughs> right. Yes, so thank so you. that's that's really what it's about. You know, for for an audience to to sit there and and. You know, see a witch and find the humanity, or, or or an animated character, and and just... you know bring it to life. I think that's really, um, uh, to me that that's what that's what I that's what I would I feel. 
Um, thank you. You know, and thank you for pointing out that uh, we do have uh, peaks and valleys in our careers because so often people just look from afar and, um, you know, I think that at a certain point, no, everyone thinks that the struggle is over. And I don't think I've ever talked to an actor that just goes, okay, that's <laughs> it. Now I can just, I did it. I can just kick back. You know, it's, it's, uh-huh. we're, 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 uh, be, because we've all been unemployed and because we, well, I, I can't t- talk for everybody. I can t- tell you for myself, if I'm, uh, when a job ends, that's not a vacation. That's uh-huh. like the beginning of the hunt for the next exactly. day. So yeah. like I've tried to learn in my life to take enjoy that like, time a week. No, not really, but to take <laughs> a week to actually call something a vacation, right? Because right. I know that the time in between is not, it's, I mean, I'm getting a little better at it, but, but, but I, I do think that, you know, I'll mention to people, well, you know, that was a really kind of a, a rough time. And, you know, when my, in my career, they're like, what, what, why are you, what are you talking about? Because they just don't, it's a, nobody can really like uh, understand that there are these peaks and valleys. And that, as you pointed out, we are oftentimes uh, very, very hard on ourselves. Um, yeah. But can even I within ask... the job, even within the job, I'm sorry to cut right. you off. No, no, even no. Even within yeah. the job and, and. For me, um, going back and forth through theater and film and TV and and recording in a studio, which is a very solitary place, and then being on tour in front of um, lots of people singing my song, you know, like I'm, I feel like I never my like right now I'm doing a, a film and I always feel like it's the first time because I, my I'm going back and forth to different mediums, so the muscle I'm flexing is always I'm like wait what camera is this close is this what you know I just I never feel experienced uh-huh. when I go back to something even the same with going back to do the stage thing and it's like um and that's beautiful that there's I'm not it's not predictable but I also would like to feel like an expert once in a while and I I never do you know wow can I, I'm, I'm, I, I just want to ask you one more um, uh, showbiz question, and that is about Uncut Gems, which is one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love that movie. Mm-hmm. I loved you in the movie. Uh, you know, Adam Sandler was beyond. fantastic, and and Kevin Garnett. Oh my God, what a what a what a performance uh, K- right. KG gave. I mean, I just was like not knocked out by that, uh, not expecting it. Um, and uh, I, I just wanted to, you know, ask what that, what's that, what is that like with the Softy brothers? Like, I mean, I, it just, the, the movie has such a, uh, like a crazy Fren- energy Freneticism. To it. Yeah, yeah, chaos. Um, it's not as chaotic as it feels. Because um, uh, I was actually trying to um, think about that when I was on set. Um, like, how do they, or once I saw them, I was thinking, how do they achieve this? What is it? Is it the steady cam? Is it the thing? Is it the environment they set on set? I mean, uh, first of all, there's two of them, right? And Ben, um, Benny Safi holds the boom. Really? So he's, yeah. So he's right there holding the boom. By the way, he's an amazing actor. People probably don't realize that he's starting to do more and more, but he's an incredible actor. You're starting to see him in a lot of things, but he holds the boom and gives you direction right there. Oh and my then, God. Yeah, and then you have his brother um, behind the monitor, and they're both yelling out things to you. Most of the time, they're in sync. Sometimes they're um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're contradicting one another. 
But um, faster, slower, faster, slower. Yeah, or it's more like, okay, leave the script alone and then just uh, improvise. And then they're like, okay, go back to the lines. I'm like, what the fuck were the lines anymore? Oh I don't my know. God. Was, wow. Um, wow. But that's why Adam was just, I just want him to get his his uh, his due. I think he is now, but he's just, God, it's just really easy. You know, I mean, it would be the same with you. I mean, people that are just inhabit the character and the world, all you have to do is just listen. And, and then I sort of relax myself. Um, he's just incredible that way. So I, it was oh, so much yeah. fun. Plus, it was a darker film for me, you know? It's like, uh-huh. it's not... Um, it's not a Disney princess, so I'm trying to break out once in a while. I mean, I'm trying to access the other parts of my character and my personality that people aren't aware of when you play a Disney princess. Um, and uh, so that was fun to just do something a little darker. You well, know? you were fantastic in the movie, and for people that haven't seen it, go check out Adina in, in Un- Uncut Gems. It's it's a really good movie, and it's it it is dark, but it but she's awesome in it and uh and and definitely not a disney princess so it's it's good <laughs> a disney jersey no long island princess yeah yeah it's very um, it's great hi this is shannon doherty host of the new podcast let's be clear with shannon doherty you may know me from let's see 90210 charmed mall rats heather's probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you, to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together, we'll find it. It's gonna be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting sixdegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text BACON to 707070 or visit sixdegrees.org to learn more. Now, I want to talk about a broader way, uh, which is the uh, foundation that you started. So we're going to bring out uh, your executive director, Tori Your Beard, is here. So tell me, how did you guys meet? Uh, We have a mutual friend named Philip McAdoo, right? Who was in Lion King and Tori was in Lion King. Um, Yes. How did I meet Philip? Philip through Tay, my ex. Um, anyway, we, we met, oh, and Janine Tesori, um, mm-hmm. wait, is that how, yeah. So Janine Tesori is, um, as, as most of you out there might know, very, um, wonderful and very successful Broadway composer. And, <clears throat> um, and so, okay. I had this vision. I had gone to summer camp, um, for the six years of my life. Um, I was, very lucky to do that it was a very bunch of entitled girls in a in a camp and as i got older and i started to have some of these roles that were and that were really connecting me to young women mostly uh, young boys too or theys as we would say now but kids really searching for themselves and their identity i found that i wanted kids to have this experience of going into getting out of the city going up into the country being able to rewrite them, them themselves rediscover themselves as young people um during the summer and use the arts to help them do that so i called actually called george wolf and said mm-hmm. will you help me with this and he said no but mm-hmm. you should call Janine. Mm-hmm. And he said no in a loving way. He was busy at the time that you mm-hmm. should call Janine. And then Janine brought in Toria and this whole team of wonderful, beautiful people that are now my good friends that run that run this with us. And um, so what we have, we started with 30 girls from mostly Harlem yeah. and the Lower East Side. And now mm-hmm. we're in our, going on our 12th year tour. Yes, we are. And the, young, the youngest girls have now come around and are going to be counselors and are taking sort of ownership of the foundation itself. And that's always kind of what we hoped for, that we wow. would sort of be yeah. able to step back a little and let let them do their thing. Is it it, yeah. is it in the summer or, or all the time, all year round? The camp See, is in the summer, uh-huh. every summer, but we, the program is all year round. It's grown, but, yeah. Because and, we realized that, after, sorry, Kim, after like 10 days of being together, that it wasn't, a, uh, you know how like after a film you have a, you crash, you come down from all these wonderful people and this incredible experience you've had. And then, so especially with our, these young people that we were with, I mean, they were going back, some of them going back into um, 
environments that were challenging for them. And we just, we wanted to stay connected. And so we had to keep raising money in order to keep the, okay. um, the programs throughout the year. So tell me what the experience would, let's just start with the camp. Let's say, what would the, what would the experience be for, for the, for, for the girl who, who, who goes through that? Yeah. Do you want to go a Dino? No, you do it, Tora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, ever changing. Yes, it is. That, I, I guess I'll tell you about what it's like first, and then we'll talk about this ever changing aspect. Cause that is, that's like one of the coolest parts of it to me, but, um, Camp is the beginning of the A Broader Way journey. So you start camp, uh, you would start camp between in the summer between fifth and sixth grade. And mm-hmm. you'll be welcomed by a whole bunch of people who are super excited to meet you, who feel like they know you already because they've been staring at your photos or your audition submissions, um, speaking to your parents, speaking to you and trying as best as you know they can to get to know you. And then we... Um, do a orientation, a lot of like um, contract building with the community, um, our community to say like, what languages do we, what language do we want to use? How do we want to treat each other? All of those things. Uh-huh. And then much fun ensues after that. Many classes and what we used to call fundamentals, but that has sort of expanded over the years. Like they take many, many classes in many creative disciplines, filmmaking, uh, choreography, dance, vocal music, um, what else? Theater, spoken word. A lot of uh, fine art stuff. They have, um, we, we, we've moved around, but the facilities that we're able to lease the space from, um, usually have these great, great facilities. So they can, they do a lot of like painting as well, and and it's an overnight. Uh, it's an it's an overnight yes, in the summer, uh-huh. like ten days yeah. overnight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we and, should say that we say audition, and um, but we the, our first thirty girls all uh, we had what thirty girls audition, and we took all thirty. <laughs> we <laughs> could say no to that's anyone. My kind of, and... That's my kind of audition. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only kind. Yeah. Yeah, because we're finding that it's it, the arts. Um, it's not just about what your quote talents are. The arts are like we were talking about before Tori came on, Kevin, you know, it's about empathy. It's about it, walking in someone else's footsteps it's, and, and understanding other people's um, experience in life. And for a lot of these uh, young women, I keep saying I keep hesitating Tori because I want to we're, we're struggling with how we how do we say it no. now? Because we want to be inclusive of everyone. Yeah, we it's ever evolving as we get more information back from the folks in our community. But we were saying young women and femmes or female identifying uh, young folks. And now really, I think we're moving towards saying um, young women and people on the the gender expansion or gender expression spectrum. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. But But the point being that they, that they all, we all need to find our voice and like, and that, you know, I relate to it because I feel like everyone thinks I have this huge voice and that means I can find a way to express myself in my own personal life because I have this big voice, but it's not true. I'm constantly searching that voice um, and and how to, um, you know, challenge things, cha- uh, tackle things in the world. And 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 you assume I made the I'm I made the misconception of assuming that these girls were from um, really 
tough neighborhood, so to speak, which was a misconception to begin with. And then assuming they were going to come in and be loud and often they were actually really shy and um, insecure and we needed to help them even just be proud of saying their name and introducing themselves. So it's the art. I'm, I'm not doing a good job of this tour. I'm a little out of practice, but like you were. Using, using these, um, the arts are so much more than just for the kid that can kick their leg up to their head or sing out some great note. You know, it's they help these, our young women um, really find who they are and, and experiment with all different kinds of um with all different kinds of creative outlets to do that. Toria, let me ask you, um, you, you uh, are a performer, and, and what what was it about your own experience, I don't know a whole lot about your history, but that made you uh, think that this was something that you wanted to get involved with? Because obviously, when it, whenever anybody is out there doing good work, there's always a million other things that you could be doing. Was there something in... in in, in your life that, that kind of dro- drove you towards this? And, and also, sort of two-part question, what is it that you get out of it? Okay, well, first, I started um, my artistic journey as a dancer, and um, I had wonderful mentors, but I was also in small dance companies or smaller regional dance companies at in the beginning, and we had to do a lot of outreach. It was part of how the companies made money or earned, you know, money or grants or whatever to exist, to sustain themselves. So Mm -hmm. I started teaching at a very young age and I had teaching modeling to me at a young age. So from that, once I uh, began to develop my own practice as an educator and also deep in my practice as an artist, it, Mm -hmm. it was, it became very important to me for really using teaching dance specifically as a way of connecting with young people and as a way of expanding all of our like our vision about what life can be so um like adina said i have been working with philip to develop some programs with young folks um around new york and in south africa at the time and it was just part it's part of my personal mission um i love spending time with young people I have grown so much. Like my world has completely opened up because of this opportunity to partner with Adina and everyone else at A Barter Way, including the young folks. Um, I I have seen myself change. I've seen the way I, I think about myself and my place in the world has changed because of A Broader Way. I understand accountability in a very different way. Um, and I also, learned at a certain point, maybe like a little bit more than halfway through my time at a broader way, which started in the beginning, that as much as I think I'm teaching, if I will just stop talking, I can actually (laughs) learn a lot. Uh (laughs) So I have learned so much from the young folks that I am in collaboration with, even as a mentor, you know, now I have a different idea of what that can be. I think peer mentorship is important. I think it's important to allow ourselves to be mentored by people who are younger and maybe less experienced in certain ways than we are. So, um, and it's been so wonderful to continue to work with Adina as you're, I mean, I feel like we're so different now than we were in the beginning, but we've, you know, sometimes people grow apart and I feel like we've continued to grow together, which is so beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think that you, 
you've what I've been working on a lot of my life in the past few years is just shutting up and listening. Uh, that's and you can imagine, as you can imagine, that's been very challenging for a guy like me. Um, <laughs> but, but it really, it really is a really, really. Uh, I think that's a really good lesson. That's really uh, inspiring to hear you hear you say that. And and tell me a little bit, Tori, about the about the the Im- impact that you've seen on some of these. Uh, uh, people that 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 have uh, attended the program or or continue to uh come back or or i think you, i think you mentioned that they sometimes end up working there um wow let me think about that i mean i've seen um young people go from being very shy and withdrawn to being um fierce advocates for themselves and other people um I've seen the realization that, you know, if I am uh, the first person in my family to go to college, I don't have to pick like a safe career or I don't have to um, follow the path that I've seen other people follow. I can chart my own course. I can do something different. Um, And most recently, one of our original campers, we call them the OGs, (laughs) joined our board of directors. Oh, wow. That's massive and we have many that are counselors and that um work with us in other capacities but that that was the mark i think we were we've all been waiting for and to have her voice in there like guiding the organization is incredible are the counselors some are the counselors people that are professionals in the industry or people that you know do people come up uh and do sort of like drop in seminars i mean uh, tell me about the, uh, the, the staff. Both. They're both professionals and some people drop in. Um, Adina's brought in many incredible guest artists. And then we have a roster of creative team members that say we know, or anybody knows that wants to come and work with the young folks. The thing is, is that once they do it one year, uh-huh. they typically always want to do it. So it's, the, the roster doesn't rotate as much as it as it could, I suppose. Um, but the counselors are usually young people who are studying social work or social justice um, or nursing, you know, people who really have the desire to, to work with young people in, the, in this capacity. Because, you know, it's hard to be away from home, like Adina was saying in the beginning, some some of these young people have never been away from home or they they've never been outside of the city environment so mm-hmm. you know the bugs the darkness there's a lot to, <laughs> to unpack there sure so, sure sure yeah. yeah yeah wow that's amazing so uh, then in the rest of the year tell me about the other programs that happened uh, outside of the summer camp mm-hmm. we so we have a school year program for the younger uh participants and they do many of their workshops, but we we most like they'll do like choreography workshops, and um, we meet up every month to do like what what we call a workshop, but it's really like a long check in, and we usually have a topic that or something that's happening that we are gathering around and discussing. Um, we have guest artists come in and just guest speakers. And then we started a program named after Janine Tesori, um, which is it's an authorship program. So they make work mentored by professionals. 
in um, choreography, songwriting, filmmaking, and spoken word. So it's that always all- been really important to Tori and myself, especially um, that we weren't just this camp in the beginning and this organization that the kids were doing um, a bunch of revivals of shows that they don't even have a connection to or, you know. And so for us, it was about how can we allow them to create and and help them execute their own vision. So they, we Janine would have them write a lot in the beginning. We found that their writing turned into their spoken word or so while someone was performing their spoken word, their poem, someone else was um, choreographing a modern piece behind them, and then someone else would um, compose music um, to go underneath, or that kind of thing. And then we'd have more of like a recital, which we felt um, was a celebration of all of their work um, and teaching them that they're authors of their own lives, and you know as well, and that they have that we want to we want to hear and see what they have to offer. So it sounds like you're not doing a production of Footloose there. (laughs) (laughs) Not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's not. It it could use a little bit of an update, I think, by the way. Yeah, we would just mess with it a little bit. (laughs) I think you'd have to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is really incredible. I mean, Adina, I know that for myself, uh, stepping into this world was like, uh, of of you know trying to figure out how to in some way give back or use whatever kind of celebrity you have to do something in a positive na- way it was a little like it was overwhelming and actually sometimes continues to be kind of overwhelming um but it's but it but it feels as though uh you you found something that's just very much a natural fit with you and where your your heart lives and certainly uh, to 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 find Toria, you know, and and for you guys to get connected and be able to put this thing together is you must feel really good about it. I do. She she and the whole our whole group they've made me a better person. Honestly, I've learned I learned more from Toria, the our staff and our young uh, campers. I've learned more about myself through them than they probably have learned from me. But um, yes, it is very rewarding and. Um, and we, I think what we pride ourselves on is that we are malleable and that we are learning and growing. And we, we always had this uh, illustration of a, of a tree um, that we sort of have these roots that we all need, you know, in the ground that hold us strong and um, steadfast. And then we have our branches, but branches can't be brittle, otherwise we break. So we have to be able to move and grow and evolve and um it's kind of something like we take an image we take with us, and I think as an organization we're doing that as well. And so we, um, so we, tell us we how hold people, each other accountable. Tell us, yeah. thank you. Tell us how people can um, uh, help out, how they can uh, where where they go to find out what you're doing to 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 donate or to volunteer or or how they can get involved. www Do people even still say that? <laughs> <laughs> Broaderway.org. <laughs> A broaderway.org yeah and you can like just you could you could sponsor a camper just to get started like one camper for the summer would be an amazing help you know that's or, the greatest um, idea i love that so you've yeah so um they can get in touch and it's we'll help them we'll make it easy for them to help that that we, is awesome yeah that's weird. well thank you guys so much 
Uh, I'm, Thank I'm, you for having us on and, and allowing us to to uh, shine light on this organization and, and just letting me hang out and talk with you is a big bucket list thing for me. So It was really fun. I really, really fun. And uh, thank you both. And I will see you down the road. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Six Degrees. And if you want to learn more about A Broader Way and all the good work that they are up to, head to their website, abroaderway.org. You can find all the links in our show notes. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the show and tune into the rest of our episodes. You can find Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.